The content on this podcast episode is for entertainment purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Enjoy. Warning. The following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast starring me, Dags. Today, we have a powerful show, and back from his week-long suspension is Dogecoin billionaire, Mike Arez. Hey, Dags, what's going on? What's up? Oh, nothing. Uh, glad to be back. Glad the suspension is over. But, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm rolling in Dogecoin now. Yes. <laughs> You're on probation, though. Oh, double secret? So don't screw it up. Oh, man. Powerful. I don't even know what I did the first time, so this is going to be tricky. Well, tell us about Dogecoin. It's crazy. We got Dogecoins going nuts. I think the last time we spoke, it was just touching $0.07, cents, then it dipped back down to $0.05, cents, and it kind of was riding the $0.05 cent wave for a while. Uh, and then it was uh, it bumped up to about $0.08 cents earlier this week, and then yesterday it went crazy and touched $0.47 cents at one point. Wow. Uh, right now, we are hovering at 30 cents, so we're, uh, we're doing pretty good if you're, if you're in the Dogecoin army, is what uh, which people like to say. It's going to the moon. It is. Yes. And we might literally have a Dogecoin on the moon because SpaceX, Elon Musk's company, just won a contract with NASA to get uh, the next people on the moon. And he said that if uh, they won that contract, he was going to put a literal Dogecoin. Now, there's no such thing as a literal Dogecoin, so he's going to make one up. And they're going to put it on the moon. First people that go back will be putting a Dogecoin on the moon. Sweet. Yes. By the way, welcome new listeners. Welcome OGs. You are listening to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Today, as always, another powerful show. We're going to be talking about the Zimmerman Telegraph. Yes. We have a powerful song of the day. Always. And we have more movies to give away, believe it or not, Mike Arez. Oh, I believe it. I, a new movie. A new one. Yes. Because we already had winners for the last new one. We did. So this is the new, new one. Yes. Isn't it amazing? It is amazing. I think, what is that going to be, copies? 45 episodes? I mean, 45 copies yeah it's crazy we're just the movie giveaway machine first we're the amish baby machine and then yes. next we're the movie giveaway machine you think that'd be powerful a cool podcast name the movie giveaway machine yes it's just it's, the machine it's ours you we're can't mechanized now let's get back to dogecoin i want to know what's going on in the world of cryptocurrency with our expert mike crypto res all right so the crypto world is going nuts. What happened this week, Coinbase, the largest U.S. coin exchange wallet, 
uh, that you can get. Uh, you can download the app Coinbase. They went public this week, Dag, so you can publicly trade them, their stock. I think they're listed in on NASDAQ, but if you have a an account through Robinhood or E-Trade or TD Ameritrade or any of those other trading apps, you can get Coinbase. So in anticipation of that, Coinbase was adding a whole bunch of different cryptos to their their portfolios that you can buy, which drove up the price of a lot of cryptos. Uh, your big three, which would be Bitcoin, Erethrum, and Litecoin, they went crazy. They went through the roof. Bitcoin set a record at 64000 a coin. And then I think that's what helped make Dogecoin take off the way it did. And I think because people were anticipating Coinbase adding Dogecoin, because you can't buy Dogecoin on Coinbase, but you can buy almost any other cryptocurrency on that. Well, that didn't happen before they went public. You still can't buy Dogecoin on Coinbase, but it still helped uh, push up some popularity of some of these coins. So Litecoin started the week at $235 a coin dags. It's now up to 314. It peaked at 335 this morning. Holy guacamole. I know. You could buy a lot of fucking guacamole with wow. that. Wow. I know. So to make holy guacamole, do you have to bless the avocado? Yes. All right. Yes, you do. Or the tomato if you're into putting tomato, tomato in it. Oh, you're one of those people. So you're going to, you put tomato in your avocado guacamole. Yes. Yes. <laughs> nice powerful. rhyming. Yes. yes. Powerful. Yes. Uh, I also put, how would you say garlic? Make it rhyme. Garlic, schmarlic. Oh, okay. That works. Yes. And you got to put some lime in there. You got to put lime in the coconut. Yes, because you, you don't want your avocado to turn brown. No, you need the ascorbic acid to protect it, the yes. antioxidant. That is correct. To prevent the oxidization. Is that what it is? The oxidization? Yeah, you said it right. Oxidize. Yeah. You don't want any oxidizers in it either. So yeah, so it's pushing up a lot of these cryptos are going crazy. As of now, the entire crypto market is up half a percent, but it's been a lot higher this week. So Coinbase, for what it's worth, when it opened up, so it was anticipated to open up at $250 a share. It opened up at like $400 a share, which was, uh, you know, it's all based on what people think the company is worth. Believe the hype. Yeah, with Coinbase, yes. They released their, some of their financials a week ahead of time because that's, those are the rules with the SEC and everything and the forms you have to fill out. So they made, last year, they made $1.3 billion over four quarters last year. This year, in their first quarter, they made $1.8 billion. So that, that has a lot to do with fees that they collect when people trade on Coinbase because they always collect a certain little percentage of every transaction. That they're getting. That's how they make their money. So they've already made $1.8 billion in the first quarter. So they're $5 billion ahead of where they were last year already. So that was, that's crazy to think. But it's a lot of these new people that are, that, you know, found Dogecoin with the whole GameStop and uh, AMC. Where's GameStop? Where are those at? AMC and GameStop? Uh, they're, they're down. So AMC is way down. Um, and I pulled out of there cause you're not going to be a billionaire off of AMC anytime soon. So they're at $9 and 36 cents a share. Can you pull up the history? What I is it about a year a or I can look back to five years if you want. Yeah. Let's do the five year. Micro crypto res is going to look up the five year 
Okay, so at its peak five years ago, AMC was at uh, $31.90 on December 16th, 2016. That was their peak over the last five years. So right now they're at 936 as of Friday. What was the peak? Uh, Of yesterday? No, I mean at the height of its uh, hyperinflation. Uh, the height of its hyperinflation was seventeen dollars. I'm sorry, nineteen dollars and ninety cents a share. That was tw- January twenty seventh when the whole Wall Street bets thing started. So that's AMC. So let's go to GameStop. Symbol GME. So let's look back to five years. Five years ago, let's find that December sixteenth date again. December 16th, 2016, the same day that uh, GameStop was at $31 a share, or I'm sorry, AMC was at $31 a share, GameStop was at $25 a share. At its peak, it traded at $347 a share Wow! during the Wall Street bets frenzy when they were trying to screw over the hedge funds with their naked shorts. So... And now GameStop is at a dollar, or I'm sorry, not a dollar, $160.95. So it's still up there. It's still up there. It's uh, less than half of what it was at its peak, but if you got in at $75, you're still making out pretty good. So, so do they think those ones that were uh, pumped up by that group on Reddit, are they, is that over with, or is there still are they still working on? I think they're still trying, but... Is, everybody's onto their game and, you know, the SEC can start changing rules because, unfortunately, the head of the SEC that we have right now has also been paid in the past by some of the big big hedge funds to do speeches at their places. So whose side do you think she's on? Yeah, what, what what's the latest, do you think, on the rich people? Are they upset that the little people are figuring out their game? Yeah, I think uh, they certainly were a lot more in January, and then they figured out ways they could shut it down and now they're not as pissed but i'm sure they're still a little upset that people have caught on to their short selling and their naked shorts and and their ladder games and all that bullshit but do you have a cool yeah do you have a cool crypto jacket you wear like a cool denim jacket no but i should get one logos and patches and so i don't have any of that but on one of my my flannel jackets that i have yes i do have a doge pin you do. I do. Wow. A flannel yeah. jacket. Yeah. You have corduroy shorts? <laughs> no. I feel you should. I feel I should not, yeah. too. What's silver at, by the way? Is that t- about 25 bucks an ounce? Silver Stacker Res is checking the price of silver as we speak. All right. So I can look out what it is an ounce, but... Uh, I'm guessing it's about this, 25. This ETF is at about 24. Yeah, we don't know ETFs. I want, I want a hunk of silver. Yep. You were, you were right on. 25.45. Powerful. Whoa. Look at that. That's what I'm working on. A Amish baby machine coin. Oh my god, that's heavy. Isn't that awesome? One dollar. Yes. Nineteen twenty-five. Yes. Holy shit. Powerful. Isn't that powerful? It is. My good luck coin. Man, oh man, this thing's heavy. It is. It makes a cool silver sound too when you flip it. Does it? Okay, hold on. We gotta see if we can. Yeah. Oh, did I you heard, get that sound? I heard it, but I don't know if I... Yeah, come here. Hold I'll on. go over there. Hold on. Check this out. Oh, solid. That was pretty good. You've been practicing that flip, haven't you? Powerful. We're all about the silver. We're all about the crypto. God, we're powerful. Yeah. You know what's really powerful? 
Do you think that this lava lamp will actually be lava-ing before the end of this episode? Yeah, I the timing, I always have the lava timing off. You got to work on your Yeah, because what I'm worried if I turn it on, then it gives away our position to the enemy. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, it's pretty bright. Yes. Even with this uh, curtain pulled at the bar. Yeah, so right now we have the Faraday cage shield up to protect us from EMPs. Mm -hmm. We have the missiles set up. We have a powerful multi-layered defense on the barn here. Yeah, I appreciate that, by the way. By the way, the barn is a state of mind. It's not a place. Mike Arez. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. All right. Yes, because you always got to be ready to go, man. Always. A, yes. By the way, I, I got I want the next video I think I'm going to work on on. A get out bag? Yes, an 80s get out bag. <laughs> a go bag, a bug oh, out yes. bag, whatever you guys want to call it. Yeah. An Grab and go. Style. I don't care what you call it. It's going to be 80s things you need, an 80s bug out bag. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, we haven't made a video in about a month. I mean, I was thinking about that on my way over yeah, here. Yeah, Mike Arez, has, he's been suspended. He's been uh, car trouble. He's been sick from vaccinations. He's had a lot of problems. Yeah. Yes. Privilege but, board making. Yes, but now that he's a Dogecoin billionaire. <laughs> I have a lot more time yeah. on my hands. Tell us what's the latest on your creations on Mike's Paint Studio. Man, is that oh, the man. latest title? Is can we call that Mike's Paint Studio or what? Yeah, because that's the. I'm not going to change the name. It takes too much time. Then you got to redo logos and everything. Yes, branding is important. Yes. Yeah, we uh, cribbage boards out the ass coming out. It's Whoa. just uh, it's crazy these cribbage boards. So every time it starts to slow down, and I'm like, all right, I've got three I can catch up on, and then you get more orders in. So I've got I had to go I had to buy a fourth mold. That's how crazy it is because I got to keep up with all these. So I've got the Bob mold. Yeah. I, I've got, uh, I've got three in the mold right now. Uh, I sanded one before I came over today and I've got one to drill out tomorrow. Plus I got to sand two more tomorrow. And then I've got, uh, five more on back order that I have to get done. Wow. Yeah. And two of them are on deadline. I got to get them yes. by March 16th. So where were the kids, the fans of Flock of Amish, if they want to get one of your boards, where would they go? Mike'sPaintStudio.com. Wow. Click on the gaming department tab. And by the way, now that we're talking about social medias and websites, we're going to need you to follow us on Twitter, at AmishBeamachine. That's where we're going to do the latest tweet on our powerful movie giveaway. Nice. Also follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and wherever you listen to podcasts, please subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. Five-star rating is the highest, and that will unlock the secrets to Mike Rez's crypto knowledge. You'll, get, you'll just get knowledgeable. That's right. About silver and gold. and Yeah, and when we talk about cryptos and stocks, it's not financial advice. It's all fun and games. No, this is all purely entertainment. Yep. Everything we do is entertainment. We don't diagnose, treat, what are all those other cool warnings and stuff? Yeah, it's uh, see your doctor. If you yeah, get, see your doctor. Get a rash uh, or die. Four, or... four out of five dentists recommend the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Yeah, that fifth dentist has no idea what he's no, talking No, no, he is uh, under the influence of his powerful laughing gas. <laughs> do they still use laughing gas, nitrous oxide? I think they do. They do. Yeah, I believe I want they some do. of that. We should do a whole episode. A whole episode on, on nitrous, nitrous oxide. <laughs> nitrous oxide. If there's a dentist out there listening, 
If yeah. that fifth dentist is listening, we would like that. Makes happen. your car go fast too. Yeah, so you would think, you know, or I guess you would think it would make you think. I wonder who the first person who was like, you know what, this stuff that really gets people relaxed at the dentist, this would be sweet in the car. I bet it would make it go fast. Yeah, cargo. And you wear cargo shorts when you're doing that. Oh, do you? Yes. Is that like with the corduroy shorts, or do you have yeah, to do cargo that on a different corduroy day? cargo shorts? <laughs> and then you have that powerful. So many pockets. <laughs> powerful. Today's episode, <laughs> we are going to be talking about the Zimmerman Telegraph. Let's get into the song of the day, Mike Rez. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world today. The world is serious, Mike Rez, and your podcast shouldn't be. No. So never. we have a good time here. Like you said, we're not giving advice. We're just talking. You do what you want with your time. But I wanted to pick a fun song, a happy song. Which you did. Thank you. You're welcome. Song of the day is Mr. Blue Sky by Electric Light Orchestra, or ELO, if you're in, yes. in the cool crowd. Not EMP, because we're protected against EMPs. That's right. But ELO can come in. They're more than welcome to. So Mr. Blue Sky was on the ELO's seventh studio album called Out of the Blue, uh, which was released in 1977. It was written and produced by Jeff Lynne, who, of course, we all know was in that famous supergroup, Austin. Yes, that's, that's a reference to our last episode. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, it is a, uh, a song, so there's, they kind of made up their own little suite. And it's the fourth song and the final track of the Concerto for a Rainy Day Suite. It's on side three of the original double album, Mr. Blue Sky. So they kind of took other songs that also kind of made you sad, but then happy because it's like a rainy day. Yes. We all know what happens after the rain. The sun comes out. And how do you feel? The spider. Isn't there a spider comes down? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Itsy bitsy spider. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. What inspired Jeff Lynn? So Jeff Lynn, in a BBC radio interview, said that uh, how Mr. Blue Sky came about was that he was locking himself in a Swiss chalet, or shallot. A Swiss? Swiss. Swiss. Yes, chalet. chalet. That's like an onion, right? Right. All right, go ahead. Uh, he was uh, writing songs for uh, because they had just released the album, A New, uh, New World Record. So they were, uh, he was writing songs for the new album, um, and he was locked in this chalet for a while. And for two weeks, it was dark and misty. It was cloudy for two weeks. And then the sun finally came through, uh, and his quote was, wow, look at those beautiful Alps. So he wrote a song called Mr. Blue Sky and 13 other songs in two weeks. So he was like deadlocked for two weeks because it was just depressing. And the sun came out. And boom, created one song, created another song. 14 songs later in two weeks, there you go. You've got Mr. Blue Sky. Powerful. So that's one song a day, if you break it down. Very Beatlesque, that song. Very Beatlesque. And I like like the beginning of that. You got the, the Very piano. Very bouncy. Yes. Makes you want to like bounce down the street as you, as you listen to that song. I actually listen to that song quite a bit. I think it's on multiple playlist that i have on on spotify it's it's crazy how many different times i have it on there because i like the song it's very very joyful 
and I like that word, joyful. It is. Another one I was thinking of picking was uh, In the Summertime by... Oh, that's a good one, yes. too. The In the Summertime. Yes. Oh, oh my God, that's powerful. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so that was a good song choice by you. Now, it's been in a lot of movies. Uh, Mega Mind, Role Models, The Magic Roundabout, uh, Wild Muscles, and then uh, Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Paul Blart Mall Cop, the first one. Uh, it's been in a lot of others. And the one that sticks out to me is Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the opening scene, the fight scene, and Mr. Blue Sky is played. Yes. So, which uh, cracks me up. I also listened to Rubber Band Man. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Which, is, you know, reminds you of the Marvel movies. Yeah. And the mixtapes. That's kind of got that piano beginning. The spinners. Too, it, right? Yeah. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. Yep. Bouncy. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Yeah. I like that one. Powerful. I'm going to have to put that one on a couple of yes. Spotify playlists. If you want, I could create you a mixtape because I'm a master. A master mixtaper? Yes. Yeah, I am. You got to have Kenny Loggins on. Yes. There. When I was DJ Dags, my ability, I can read a crowd. I can create powerful memories. Yes. It's about the memories. Just songs and it's amazing. Powerful. Yeah. It was also in Doctor Who. Doctor what? It was in the uh, opening and closing ceremonies of the 2012 Summer Olympics, the 2011 Football League Cup Final. They used it in the 2018, this is probably one of your favorite ones, the Commonwealth Games. I know how much you love yes. the Commonwealth Games. Yes, because I'm a man of the common people. Yep. And uh, they're also using it in the 2020 promotion, or I'm sorry, the 2022 promotion of the same Commonwealth Games. Yes. So it's being used a lot. Jeff Lynn did a good job with this one. Thank you. Thank you for enjoying my pick. Song of the day, Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah. If you have a chance to listen to any ELO greatest hit albums, that whole I'm sure those albums would put you in a good mood even after Mr. Blue Sky gets played. Yes, I got to see ELO perform live. Did I've you seen really? a lot of great concerts? How how is how is ELO live? Wonderful. Nice. Yes. Oh, and I guess uh, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the charts. Yeah, the Hot 100. So the Hot 100 isn't even in here. Who cares? I mean, screw that. But it got up to number six in the UK. Oh, wait, here it is right here. The US Billboard Hot 100 right underneath it. Number 35 in the US. Um, but on the Cashbox Top 100, it made it to 27. So, uh, oh, and then in 2017, here we go put itself back on the charts at the U.S. Rocket Digital Song Sales. It hit number 11. In 2019, the U.S. Rock Streaming Songs hit number 11 again. So it's got some pretty good run, probably because of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it always gets, those, a lot of those older songs always get a bump. Yep. Or someone will do a YouTube video where they'll react to it. Yeah, I bet you those twins haven't done a video of this one yet. Oh, the Phil Collins? Yeah, those Phil, yeah, the always react, Phil Collins. Yeah, <laughs> they always react to it, and then everyone gets all hyped up. Right. You know what I like about those videos is, so they're twins, but the one brother will react, and then the other one next, you know, will, will react almost the same way. But he always waits for his brother to react first. Are you saying it's a shtick? It are might be Are you might saying it's shtick. bullshit? I'm, maybe. But good for them. But yeah, as I say, they, that Phil Collins one got him a, you know, Probably a million subscribers to their channel. 
Yes. Powerful. We're close to that on the Amish Baby Machine. We are. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine. Check out our YouTube. Check out everything. Just type in Amish Baby Machine, and it'll just open up the world. It'll open up your eyes. Micah Rez, the... Lava lamps, lava ink. It's in full effect now. We are. Look at it. Just, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? There's something hypnotic about a lava lamp going up and down. Yes. Now, the fun is you, you know what's going to happen, but yet you still stare at it. Yeah, there goes one. That's a big, that's a big blob. Wait, they're going to hit. Oh, oh, wow. Yep. Every Powerful. time. Look at that. It is wonderful. Just blobs. Now, we were talking about social media. We were talking about YouTube. I want to talk about your experience <laughs> of making, attempting to make a funny video. I thought it was funny, by the way. Hey, thanks. Yes. And something happened. Tell the fans of Flock of Amish your experience on your Facebook video. So here I was, sitting at work. I get the inspiration to make a new opening to the office using the old opening to the office, which I think was done quite well, elegantly. The British office or the American office? The, Amer- the American version. I almost said the American version. The American version of the office, which, like I said, it was, it was pretty good. It was subtle. I'm into the subtle humor. So I posted on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter. So not, not more than two minutes after it gets posted to Facebook, I get the NBC Universal has flagged my content saying that they have a copyright claim to it, which is fine. I've gotten those before. So I wasn't intimidated by corporate America telling me, that Big Brother's watching. And I've actually been flagged by Universe, NBC Universal before, so I kind of know how to handle them. What did you do that you got flagged? This time or last time? No, last time. The last time, so I made a, uh, a promo for the 945 show using uh, a clip from Say Anything, which is what they flagged me for. And I fought that one. I appealed it, telling them basically what I said in the appeal was, I'm not smart enough to make money off of this clip. And it was. That's true. And I, and That was I, before you were a Dogecoin right? billionaire. And I said, I'm not, this is satire. I believe it's fair use. So they released their claim. Of course, they probably were like, yeah, look at this idiot. He is too dumb to monetize it. So they released the claim within a couple hours. So this time around, I did this basically the same thing. I said, it's not. I didn't monetize it. I'm not using it to make money. It's obviously satire if you watch Hold it. on. Were you doing it to get chicks? I, I can't say yes or yes, no to you, that. <laughs> you plead the fifth. <laughs> I plead the fifth. All right. So then uh, so I made it the video. So I'm telling them, I'm basically, again, I'm too stupid to monetize this. Just, you know, go, go fight another battle somewhere else. Well, then I don't hear back right away. So I'm like, well, this isn't a good sign. Usually if they release a claim, they do it within a couple hours. So yesterday, I get the message from them that say, we're not going to let this go. You either delete it or you appeal this. But if you appeal it, we're going to mute it. So I decided not to fight Big Brother on this one. So I just deleted it off of Facebook. It's still up on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to check out Mike Rez Radio on Instagram, and at Mike Res Radio on Twitter, it's still there because they did not put a claim on it on any other social media. Now, let me ask you this. If you just put, so what it was was a video, the intro to the office. Yep. 
And then I just spliced in a little video of me somewhere in, in the middle. Were you drinking coffee? I was drinking coffee. Why is that so funny? Why is it funny when you drink coffee? I don't know. Yeah. It was, it's hilarious. Yes. It's, it's hilarious. Yes. So, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I'd spliced in there nice and neat and I don't know, I guess NBC Universal was like, hey, knock it off. It's too funny and people are going to like this. Now, if, if you just play the, the intro, will you get flagged? It's the music. That's what it's listening for. So they've got software set up. So what I want you to do is just play the intro and then they'll flag that or not. No, they won't flag the. If it's just video, there's no music to listen to. No, no, to. no. What I'm saying is it was the music and the video. Yep. It wasn't that you manipulated the video. No, it's just, well, it's just the fact, like I said, they're, they're listening for the music, and that's what tipped them off to, to what it was. Because so, they just have, all, like uh, NBC Universal, Warner Brothers, Paramount, they all have systems set up to listen for things. So if, if you put a clip in, from one of their movies, they're gonna their systems, their bots, their software is gonna pick it up and flag it. That's how I got flagged on the say anything clip. But doesn't Facebook own Instagram? They do. So why wouldn't they? I don't know. That's a good question. And it's only NBC Universal can, and they'll probably flag me now. Yes, because <laughs> you know they're listening. We've Your said name their name mud. a thousand times. Your name is Mud. Yep. They're going to be like, who's this Dogecoin billionaire? Oh, Dogecoin billionaire in the corduroy shorts and cargo corduroy shorts. Yes, powerful. This guy's got too many pockets to have all of his Dogecoin in. Yes. God. You are hilarious. (laughs) Only when I drink coffee. Yes. Micah Rez, the reason I picked that song is ELO because it's British. Yes. And what we're going to get into now Dun, dun, dun. World War One. It involves the world is at war. It involves the British, the Germans, the Germans, the Americans. Not yet, though. Not yet. They were neutral. This also involves my home country, the Mexicans. Oh my goodness! Now, how are all these tied together? You yes. Ask? Start us off, Mike Arez. This goes back, so... So what we're doing here is we're using facts, we're using our knowledge, we're using Wikipedia. YouTube videos. Yes, YouTube videos. Everything. Everything. We're talking about the Zimmerman telegram. This is something I had no idea even existed till you and I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Powerful. If you want to see a picture of the actual telegram, just go to Wikipedia. It's right there actually kind of crazy. If you look at it, it's all encoded because this is war we're talking about. Encrypted. So Crypto. We have to we have to write in code. Not Morse code. And uh it's it's all numbers, not letters. So uh, Arthur Zimmerman sends a telegram. And what this telegram basically is saying. We'll we'll get into what it basically said and then how people found out about it. Uh, it's asking Mexico to join World War One. Why, you ask? Because Germany was worried that America was on the precipice of precipice. joining the war. On the edge. On the edge. And not only was it going to join the war, but it was going to join the Allied side. And so Germany wanted to basically throw up a, if you're going to join the war, well, you got to fight this war too that's happening right 
in your backyard, basically, right on your front porch. Either one, it's on your property. It would. The telegram was suggesting that Mexico invade the United States from the south and try to take over the territory or take back the territory of Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona just before the United States would declare itself in World War I. That way the, the United States would have to fight that war first before it could jump in, if it was going to jump in at all, and then wouldn't be able to jump in on the Allied side. Uh, and Germany was thinking that was the only way it could win World War I, is if the United States just stayed out of it and never got in in the first place. What they didn't know, though, at the time was that Mexico was doing, having to deal with the Civil War going on, too. Mexico probably wasn't going to join in, one, because they didn't have enough money to even fight the Civil War going on. Uh, and they happening. had, I mean, they just got over the war in 1840-something. Right. The Mexican-American War. Yeah, and there was just no way they would have enough money even to buy all the ammunition and things that they would need to even start this invasion, let alone uh, the president of Mexico at the time. Uh, his people were saying, all right, let's say you invade the United States with the Civil War going on. What if the people who are fighting you join the United States and now you're, you, you definitely have zero chance of winning? What was funny, though, is that this telegram gets intercepted. So how this worked back then, uh, every country had, they call them submarine lines that were uh, literally communication lines in the ocean that ran the bottom of the floor. That, that, that's how you communicated transatlantic at the time. So Germany would talk to their embassies here in the United States using those lines, Britain, all the countries that had embassies here. And during World War I, the British found those cable lines for Germany, cut all of their cable lines. So they had no communication. They cut the cable. They did. Much like Mike Arez. That's right. So they had no communication to their embassy here in the United States. And that's how their embassy talked to the consulate in Mexico that they had. So the United States was not in the war at this point. They were still kind of on the fence of joining the war or not. Uh, lots of events were going on. Uh, the sinking of the Lusitania and some other things going on. Um, and so the United States was like, eh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but they were technically new neutral. So what the Germans were going to do, they're going to send this telegram to Mexico. Well, how do they have to get it there? Well, they have to use the lines that the United States used. But it was encrypted. It was Powerful encrypted. encryption. Yes. And the United States have sent sent communications for Germany before, so this was nothing new that they were asking. But what the Germans were saying was that this was actually going to be uh, information about a peace treaty or creating peace for World War One. So the United States was like, yeah, why not? We'll, we'll deliver that message. So the message had to go from Berlin to London, London to D.C., D.C. to Mexico. So it took, takes about a week to do that, right? But when it goes from Berlin to London and then London to D.C., Room 40, which is British intelligence. Secret. Secret. Room 40. Yes. And they named it Room 40 only because that was the number of the room. There was no, like, top secret, <laughs> top secret thing going on with, you know, the no significance of the number 40. It was just that was That's the room That's cool, number. though. Yeah. So they basically, so I'm watching this guy, Thomas uh, Bogart, who wrote this book about uh, the Zimmerman telegram, and he said that uh, 
it was an office in this building that German intelligence had. And that was like the last spot they could put the code breakers. <laughs> it was just room 40. So that was like the secret room 40. Probably had the cool woodwork though, that, you know, that really rich, deep woodwork and the, the shelves and the cool. I'm thinking it was really dimly lit with a lot of cigarettes. Are they smoking smoke. pipes and. I'm thinking cigarettes. Oh, really? World I was War thinking One. pipes. Could be both. Yeah. Be like the, the senior intelligence. Were the cigarettes pipes. where they have cool cigarette holders? You think? Oh, well, it's not Ger- the Germans. Would. Well, I mean, uh, the penguin. Didn't he have a cigarette holder too? He did, yeah. Yes, and uh, he laughed. Roosevelt great. didn't he have one of those too? And uh, I think Churchill did. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he powerful chewing on a cigar. Fear and loathing in uh, in room forty. Yeah, powerful, powerful. Room forty intercepts the telegram, and it goes from London to DC or Berlin to London. One of those two spots, right? So they are not able to decode everything, but they are able to decode enough to know what it says. Germany is asking Mexico to join the war. Now, it doesn't make a lot of sense for Mexico to join the war for everything we said that's going on in Mexico. But for Germany, that's what they love to do. They love to distract potential enemies. So uh, one thing they did in 1914, which I heard uh, from this Thomas Bogart uh, author, was that uh, the German embassy in Washington, D.C. would recruit German-Americans, and they would send them to Canada. And what they were paid to do was to put explosives, because at the time in 1914, Canada was a a colony of Britain. So they would uh, plant bombs in, in the ports. Sabotage. Railways, yes. So they would pay these German Americans to go up and do that. Um, and that was a way to divert the British away from what was going on actually in Europe and had to focus on what was going on in Canada. So the Germans were used to doing this, just diverting enemies. So that was the whole point of what was going on. So in the in the telegram, they were going to, or the telegraph, they were going to uh, um, promise Mexico that they were going to pay for everything, uh, which was a basically a lie because Germany didn't have enough gold to back up any any funding of any war. They were running out of their own war uh, as well. Oh, they had no cryptocurrency. They had no cryptocurrency. No gold, silver. Nothing. You know, so they weren't able to flip coins to make that cool. No, the cool silver, silver sound. sound. Well, I should say they also played a hand in the Bolshevik Revolution when they they were actually able to get the Bolsheviks to fight Lenin more and Lenin pulled out of World War One. Uh, and then that created a way for them to take Germany, for them to take a million of their troops on the Eastern Front and move them over to the Western Front. So that was that was them. The Bolshevik Revolution was Germany. They were able to get that going. And Powerful history by Mike Rez. Yes. There you go. So Britain wants to tell the United States that they've intercepted this telegraph. They can't tell the United States how they've got it. Because if they do, then the United States knows that Britain's listening in on their own, on their communications. And they're also giving away how they listen into communications because now a lot of questions will be asked. So they were trying to figure out a way to tell the Americans that this is what's happening. So what they did was they waited until they knew because they're still listening in uh, when 
the German embassy sends it off to Mexico. But when they do it now, when it gets to the embassy here, they have to encrypt it again and then send it off because now, you know, they always, that was just the way they did it. They just figured that they have to send it in a different code. Um, and that's, you know, more espionage type stuff. So after it gets sent off to Mexico, now the British can say, we intercepted this in Mexico and make it look like they were listening to the Mexican communications and not the United States communications. So then they were able to tell Wilson, President Wilson at the time, this is what's going on. This is what we encrypted or decrypted from this encrypted uh, message. And this is what they're trying to get the Mexicans to do. So Wilson's pissed. And he decides to leak it to the press, uh, and the press publishes the, the Telegraph even before Mexico gets a chance to read it. So it's in all the American media, newspapers, and everything that Germany is trying to get Mexico to, to invade the United States from the south. Mexicans have no idea what's happening at that point. Um, and then all all of a sudden you got anti-german sentiment you got anti-mexican sentiment people want to join the war people don't want to join the war here in the united states puts wilson in a tricky situation because i think he was trying to stay out of it as long as he could but that kind of along with a lot of other stuff kind of was the tipping point that pushed the united states into the war was this telegraph by arthur zimmerman who was would be would be like our secretary of state for germany that was his role in the German government. But that uh, it's kind of crazy to think, Dags, that you get all of that and one of your allies tips you off because they were the ones intercepting your messages. Allies. Yeah. In quotes. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, and it, apparently listening in on each other's communications was something the United States and the British did till like 1925. And then it stopped, and then it happened again in, in during the Cold War. Everybody was listening. Everybody's communications. Oh, yeah. Been, we got to assume everyone listens on everything. Yeah. So it was, that's how it happened. But the Zimmerman Telegraph, never heard of it until two weeks ago, and it played a huge role. Powerful research, Mike Riz. Thank you. why we got into World yes. War One. It's uh, one thing I've been interested in. It's It's crazy because... You know, usually when you think of world wars, you think of Europe, you think of far away, but this was literally in our backyard. Right. Yeah. And he said it was, it was like the third or fourth thing that had happened within a short amount of time that kind of pushed us. And then I think we're going to talk about another one of those in an episode soon. Um, so I don't want to give it away because we'll wait till that one comes. But back. it's uh, yeah, it's weird because we've been so lucky in these world wars that we're so far away, right, from everything, out of the range of you know invasions and even missiles until recent. Yep. So the ability to come up from Mexico or come down from Canada, but it never materialized. But right, yeah, and it's because I mean you had. Just the logistics of moving troops and, you know, the German had U-boats. They could, you know, they were sinking merchant ships, but to actually move heavy equipment to move troops over, that's a big deal. Yeah, so they had an unrestricted submarine warfare going on. Um, and after they sank a couple of uh, uh, 
passenger ships. Uh, Germany decided that's probably not the best way to to go. Win about. friends and influence yeah, others. So they stopped. And then after the Zimmerman Telegraph, they picked that up again. So then they were like, we're not going to do it. And then they're like, well, shit. Now we've been exposed. Let's just go back to what was working. Yeah, and war is so terrible for so many reasons. But there's there's the money aspect. There's the, mm-hmm. the lying and the bullshit to get other people involved in the wars. And, yep. yeah, it's a huge mess. Yeah, I had a uh, social studies teacher in high school tell us that the best way to uh, get the economy going again is to start a war. If you're, you know, if there's an economy failing, it doesn't seem like it's going to recover anytime soon. Governments will start a war just because then you have to start manufacturing more items and the people have to buy more things. So, which interesting. Yeah, if you think about it, I mean, a lot of the big wars had to, you know, were around some government economy was failing and then. And there is always an incident. Right. Gulf of Tonkin or Pearl Harbor, there's always something. Yeah. Lusitania. Lusitania. Yes. That Franz Ferdinand. He yes. That's what started World War One. Powerful rock band. Yep. So great, great in right now, as we speak, I mean, Russia is amassing troops on the Ukrainian border. They annexed Crimea. Yep. We have Taiwan. China wants to take back what's theirs, they believe. Yep. They Crazy. They want that. Yeah, it's in their crackdown in Hong Kong. I mean, it's going to be, you know, you got North Korea flexing, always flexing. Yes. So. Interesting. Yeah. We'll Powerful. Be interesting when in 40 years when we do an Amish baby machine episode on what started World War Three. Wow. World War Three. It's going to be like uh, the Fast and the Furious. I mean, what are they up to? Fast and Furious 9? Yeah, at least 9. <laughs> I, I still have not seen one minute of any of those movies. You've never seen any of the Fast and Furious? Never. Wow. And that's uh, something I'm going to take. What do you have against Vin Diesel? He sucked as Groot. Oh, my God. That's blasphemous to a lot of nerds. You know that, right? I do know that. Yes. Hashtag Mike Resin is over party is going to start wow. trending. You don't give a fuck, do you? <laughs> Powerful. I'm a Dogecoin billionaire. Yes. I'll buy those nerds. God, don't alienate our audience. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this powerful episode. Michael Rez, do you have any parting words? Yeah, NBC Universal, release my video. Wow. <laughs> Let our people go. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoy we hope you enjoy this powerful episode today. The Zimmerman Telegram, Telegraph, if you will, using the telegraph machine. Western Union. Yes. Stop. To <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thank you we just ask you one thing as always please tell a friend about our powerful podcast please leave a review leave a rating follow us on all social medias and until next time you've just enjoyed the amish baby machine pop culture podcast thank you for listening to the amish baby machine pop culture podcast it is available on apple podcasts spotify stitcher and everywhere else fine podcasts are found Please support our podcast through Patreon and and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.